Welcome to Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means, the other one just along for the ride. What's up, Tyler? How's it going? We've got some exciting brewing here today. This is our first installment of Blake Street Banter Does the Farm. We are hopefully doing a bi-weekly for now, but once the season gets in, hopefully we can handle it. A weekly thing um, where we take a look at the farm on Fridays. So Tyler and I are going to sit down, give you all the ins and outs of the farm, the good stats, the good things, the things that are unknown, and just kind of highlight some of these guys that you might not know, some that are making the rankings, make their way up the rankings, and just more insider stuff that I think more Rockies fans should just know about, because it might be bleak in July up at Blake and 20th. So welcome. Welcome to the farm, everybody. Yeah, this is where all the fun happens. When at least you know when there's some some cloudy days at like like you're just saying, Aaron, over twentieth and Blake, you got the farm. It's always sunny on the farm. <laughs> and if you can't find sun, you need to go find something else to do. You need a different <laughs> hobby. You can find somebody to latch on and go with, right? So let's let's do this. Let's have some fun, right? Let's 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 do this cool thing, right? So. Um, I know one of my goals this year is to watch at least one minor league game a week, uh, an affiliate game, really setting down, sitting down and looking at some of that. So I'm excited for that. I think I want to do a newsletter too. Like we're going to build this up. We're going to, we're going to do some farm, farm stuff. Yeah. We're going to be going very hard with the minor league coverage. So yeah, like we've been saying, if that's your thing, you've come to the right place. Let's dive into it. So with all that said, thank you for hanging out with us. We're always going to start this with a player highlight. Two or three players each week where we highlight some of the players. You might know them, you might not know them, but just give you some fun, fun things. So my highlight this week is Brenton Doyle. Last time we talked, I was huge on Brenton Doyle. Huge. I think he's going to be a solid major leaguer, but Drafted in 2019, fourth overall round um, out of West Virginia, Shepherd, West Virginia, I think a D2 school out there. Um, just built like a freaking mammoth, 6'3", 200. <laughs> um, recent dad I see on the socials. I think he's, so his stats last year, 2021, hit 279, 336 OBP, and an OPS near 800 at 790. Had over 100 hits and 21 stolen bases up in Spokane. I imagine he starts at Hartford. We are not privy to that information just yet. No, nobody is, though. They're making their way down to spring training right now. Um, but I think Doyle, those are the Doyle stats. I think Doyle's one that we obviously are going to keep an eye on. But just a little, little something, something about Brinton here. Yeah, and with these bios, at least before you know, we're in the midst of spring training, we're looking to kind of you know, peg them in a spot where they're going to start next season. So, you know, Brenton Doyle, like you said, probably starting in Hartford. That's where, you know, I think a lot of guys are truly tested. The pitching there is is close to major league level. So we're really going to see what Doyle's made of. But for Rockies fans, since I think everyone loves comps, I think Brenton Doyle is basically like a Sam Hilliard with a little bit fewer holes in his swing. Like, going to swing and miss a bit less. But, you know, the power, the speed, it's the same. And he won a minor league gold glove this year. I mean, I know. Out there. 
everyone loves to be like our gold gloves are like that's just a popularity contest and maybe but it still shows you know Doyle he picks it I guess he's not an infielder so he doesn't pick it but he gets it done out there <laughs> so, definitely yeah. someone exciting he gives the Rockies just a real high upside outfielder maybe he could be like our next Brad Hop too that's that's another guy I've kind of thought of with him maybe a faster Brad Hop and that's okay I People get on these prospects and they want them to be the next Mike Trout, the Juan Soto. No, it is okay if you have a Brad Hop out of any of these guys for five to 10 years. A productive outfielder that you don't have to worry about, sign me up. And frankly, the Rockies' biggest issue has been like those last few guys on the roster. Like they just haven't been able to find those solid bench guys, those solid, like the the guy who's hitting seventh or eighth in the lineup most days. Like, those guys have not been consistent for the Rockies. So, hey, if that's Brent, what Brenton Doyle is, he's your consistent seven-hole hitter. Doesn't sound exciting, but, you know, that's that's important. But it's okay. Who do you got? Who are you introducing <laughs> so, to us? You know, we'll go with a, a not really like a, a bold one. This is someone everyone should know. Our boy Zach Veen drafted 2020 first round. A lot of people thought he was the top high school prospect, which I think at this point you can look back and confidently say he was. Um, started in Fresno, and I think what caught everyone by surprise is that he stole 36 bases. Like this is a guy stands four with big time power potential, at least. I think that was the the hype coming out of the draft was that Zach Veen is a power threat, and he did hit 15 home runs, but he showed he's got you know some wheels too. Um, does a little bit of everything as a baseball player. So that's really what you got to be excited about. I think if you are, you know, a Rockies fan, you're super excited about him. Um, I, the Rockies are obviously really excited about him. I think he's going to start in Spokane. I mean, I don't think there's – obviously there's no way he's going to start back in Fresno. I don't think the Rockies are the aggressive type to put him in Hartford. Um, so Spokane, I hope you guys figure out your MILB TV situation because we want to watch Zach Veen. I don't even know if that's Spokane's fault or MILB's fault. It's probably Ron Mapper's fault. They should put that in the CBA. Give us Spokane <laughs> Indian coverage, please, on MILB yes. TV. And, and eliminate the blackouts. That in Spokane baseball is what we need. <laughs> I know Rob listens to this, so Kamish, do, do something about that. Yeah, Rob Manfred, a noted fan of the podcast here. Um, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. <laughs> hey, it's a thing. So we're going to start each episode with that, right? Introduce you to some some ball players. You can pick your favorite, follow along. If you have a suggestion for us, put us in, put us on the Twitter. Go ahead and send us your suggestions or you want us to kind of highlight. That's cool. Um, so this week was kind of fun because Fangraphs and Prospects 1500 both dropped their top list, right? Fangraphs does a top 36 prospect list and the Rockies do a top 50. You have your own list. It's ongoing. Check out the link tree, everybody. It's a little spreadsheet that gets updated. I think you, I saw you updated like two days ago. So yeah, sometimes I make, I make little changes. I'm, I'm definitely going to be making some sweeping changes you know, as we get to spring training, like some guys, you know, are going to drop five, 10 rankings and plenty of guys are going to rise five to 10. So yeah, keep, keep up with the, the ranking sheet. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good way to, you know, just see what's going on down on the farm. 
you don't even have to go anywhere, y'all. Like, we got it here. At Blake's you, use your, you use your thumb and your pointer finger, and you figure it all out. We don't got even you. Use. We all got right, you. Eyes too. <laughs> um, so these prospect lists differ quite a bit. Um, some of the big ones that stood out to me was um, Chris McMahon was, like, right at the same, like, 14th, 13th on each list. Uh, Ezekiel Tovar is ranked seventh on the uh, Rocky, the prospects 1500, where he is fourth on the fan graphs. Um, and then there was another one. Oh, I'm not going to be able to find it, but like they are different. Like it's not just, hey, this guy's here, that guy's there. Uh, Colton Wecker, Welker is ranked 20th on the fan graphs um where i don't i'm trying to figure it out now uh is ranked 10th on the um prospects 1500 so they're all over the place what are your kind of biggest takeaways from all this yeah so i mean first just want to say i think the beautiful thing about you know prospects seeing all these lists is you see all these different opinions and you know i might not fully agree with some of these but at the end of the day, I mean, that's because I have my own biases that I've just kind of stuck with for months or however long. Um, but looking specifically at the list, well, I got to say with Prospects 1500, they do take more of the fantasy baseball approach to things. So that's that's a pretty, you know, specific lens to be looking through. You know, they're not going to give credit to guys who have upside as much as they are going to do for guys who, you know, are, need to be on your radar for fantasy baseball. But looking at the fan graphs report, the, you know, it took me five seconds to be like, wow, because sitting at number five on the fan graphs list is a guy most people probably haven't heard of, Jordy Vargas, who Ooh. was. <laughs> Ooh. Exactly. Um, I mean, I only knew about him towards the end of this minor league season, um, you know, pitching in the DSL. He's just 18. But, you know, diving into the report on him, he just has stuff. I would consider him to be like a Helchris Olivares, like right-handed version. And that might not sound good, but hey, uh, everyone develops a little bit differently. So there's hope there. But overall, just to, to kind of crack at the overall sentiment here, Fangraphs has a lot of these international prospects really high on their list. Um, Warming Bernabel, who again, you might say who? Um, but he he at least appeared in Fresno last season. Um, you've got Yankiel Fernandez, who was in the DSL last year, was supposed to be in Fresno, um, but had some visa issues, had to stay uh, in the Dominican League. And then you have just plenty of other international signings. And I think it points to a development with this farm system that I don't think people have given, you know, the Rock. Uh, no one likes to give the Rockies credit and we'll, you know, I don't like to give them credit if I don't have to, but I think this is one of those moments where you kind of have to give them credit. They've done a really good job on the international market, and I, I think it's also worth pointing out that scouting and development are different things. You know, there's some inner, like some overlap, like, you know, if you don't scout well, you're not going to have an easy time developing, but you could, you know, find some great talents, but if your organization doesn't really develop the guys you're not going to look back so fondly. But as of now, we can say, you know, the Rockies are loaded the last couple seasons. I think since 2019 is really when things really took off. They've acquired a lot of really good international talent. Um, again, Fangraphs has three of these guys in their top 10. Um, you know, I think at least six or seven in their top 30. 
So that's kind of where the future's at right now. And and that's okay. Like it's kind of cool. Like we spent the most ever this past international signing period, what six million dollars to bring in a dude. So like maybe that's where they're looking. Maybe they're trying to ramp up that part of their departments and I mean, you kind of said it, the development piece is always the biggest issue with the Rockies. The Rockies don't have a great history of developing these guys and making sure like they do turn into what they're supposed to. I mean, so that's a little nerve wracking, but. Yeah, and like I think people look at, you know, we've had our Nolan Arenados and our Trevor stories very recently where you say, hey, the Rockies have developed some superstars. But as we mentioned at the beginning, you know, they've really struggled with the back of their roster and that's really a development thing. Like a lot of teams have 30, almost 40 guys in their system that could be solid MLB players, like when called upon and just the Rockies are behind now. So development has been an issue. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. We've got, um, you know, a, a listener question that kind of gets into that again. So we'll, we'll revisit this in a little while. Yeah, we'll get to it. Um, so your biggest takeaway is the international signings. Um, Anything else that kind of stands out to you? Um, I mean, it is interesting to see with both lists that Ryan Rollison and, as you mentioned, Chris McMahon, are both quite low on these lists. And, you know, I think it's it's an opinion that's that should be, you know, given some, some mind. Like, realize, hey, Chris McMahon isn't, you know, a surefire mid-rotation starter, and neither is Ryan Rollison. But at the end of the day... I think both guys are a little bit underrated on these lists. I might be a little high on them to have them both as top five guys. And as I readjust my list, I think they're probably going to drop a couple ranks, but you know, these guys are, are still really good. Um, and yeah, before we move on, just to give these international guys a little bit of love. Um, I mentioned a few names, but just a couple other guys that they're not actually on the fan graphs list. I don't know how, but Adrian Pinto and yeah. Victor Juarez are two guys in the Rocky system who were like some of the best, you know, minor league seasons, especially in the Dominican summer league, two of the best performances I think the Rockies have ever seen in their system. Again, Adrian Pinto and Victor Juarez. So feel free to research those guys a little bit more. Um, you know, they're going to be mentioned in some future articles. So I wonder if they just aren't old enough to be on the list. I think, I think they could <laughs> be. I, I was just like looking at, cause they have some guys I believe that are like, you know, like 18 and I know both of them are at least 18. So yeah. I was just like, Hmm, that's kind of interesting to not have them like at least the bottom of the list. But again, that's yeah. the beauty of it. Everyone's, you know, got their different set of eyes. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Makes it, makes it fun. Makes it for good discussion. Um, yeah. I, I love the fact that Eularis Montero is near the top on each one of these. I'm, I'm really I'm driving home the fact that he's going to be a major leaguer this year. I think he's going to get more at bats in the Rockies as more than Welker. I think he'll be the starting third baseman most of the season. Um, I, I kind of hope so. And he'll probably get a little bit more love in the next pod. We'll, I think, do a bio on him. Um, I, I hope he can crack the roster pretty early. I, I want to say that, you know, Valade and Welker have that leg up on him since they already have a, a cup of coffee, but, you know, if Montero plays like he did last year in the spring training, he's, you know, going to make waves real quick. I, I just want him to do 
waves. I just want him to go out there and just be that guy. Just it softens the Nato trade a little bit, right? But also just he's a giant and he's fun to watch. Like I watched him in Hartford. I watched a Hartford game last summer and it was just like, oh, there he is. <laughs> oh, there it goes. You hear so, him. You don't have to watch it. If he's that bad, you'll hear the ball come off the bat because he smashes. It's just different. It's incredible. It's really incredible. So international prospects touched on a little bit. We just signed a bunch of dudes, right? So we spent $6 million on Dion George, Jorge. Jorge, yeah. Um, I, Jorge. Think, I think the $6 million might have been for the whole class. I think Jorge no, yeah. did get the biggest signing in Rockies international history. And, yeah, he has – I didn't mention him. But, yeah, Dion Jorge – biggest international signing in Rockies history. So that's kind of the, you know, the reason this is relevant right now. They just got eight million. They just got a dude. And, you know, Fangraphs isn't super high on him. They have him, well, actually, they're not like low on him, but they actually have him listed as a center fielder. Everyone else has him as a shortstop. Mm-hmm. Fangraphs seems to think he's going to have to move off short. Um, either way, though, he's a, he's a great athlete and, you know, has – a lot of experience playing against really quality talent in Cuba. He's from Cuba, um, but recently defected, I believe, to the Dominican Republic. Yeah. Hopefully we see him this because he actually was supposed to sign last year. In yeah. 20, the Rockies did not have the, the pool to finish that deal off, but I guess he was like, hey, I'll, I'll wait. I don't know how that all worked exactly, but he's a little bit older than most of these guys, so there's a chance he could start next season in Hartford. Or not Hartford. I don't know what I was thinking saying Hartford in Fresno. Yeah. Like there's a chance he will start in full season ball next season. I think he's about to turn 19. So we'll see how that unfolds. Yeah. And they spent 750000 on a dude, Cesar Vargas, 500000 on Kelvin Hidalgo, another shortstop. Um, a few more hundreds of thousands of dollars on some Venezuelans, um, Torres and Ugarte. So they spent there's like 15, 20 guys here that they are bringing to the, to the organization. Yeah. And, and just with the recent success, the last two years in the Dominican, you know, it, I think they've got a few premier talents that could again, you know, make what we're talking about right now with the international strength, it'll be even more apparent, you know, this time next season or next year, not next season, but yeah do you know when the dominican summer league starts is it like mid-july i think it's i think it's june like mid-june um and i I think that's when like the arizona complex league starts as well is like mid-late june um i know for sure that's when the complex league starts dominican summer league i want to say it's mid-june but not not positive we'll we'll clarify that next time (laughs) maybe maybe we add that to the list having a dsl uh, highlight because some of those because i i don't i don't look at that stuff i don't i don't keep up with that stuff just because it's just another thing but i also don't know much about it so let's, let's learn together with that but i think it's the rocky spent money we've been whining and complaining all this time that rockies aren't spending any money on free agents maybe this is their plan hey are they rebuilding through the international signing period are they bringing these guys up to join Tavar and the young crew, the pitching crew that's coming up in the next few years. Like, do they have a plan? <laughs> Most people that's would not plan. want to admit it. And I'm not necessarily admitting it. But <laughs> at the same time, you know, there are there's been a lot of positive developments on 
you know, just this farm front, like we were saying at the very beginning, there's sun down on the farm, the crops have got to grow. And I don't want to talk about these guys as if they are crops. It's just a great big metaphor, but there's sun down there and these guys are growing under the sun. So some of them are making huge jumps and that we don't always see. And like, there's going to be people that show up that aren't on names on these lists that are going to be here and make noise and just kind of watching them seeing them play off and be patient. I think it's huge, huge, huge piece. Um, if you want hope, this is where it comes from. Yeah. Um, this was more fun. But I guess we'll turn the page to just general minor league baseball. This has been, you know, at the top of a lot of people's minds for months, I guess really years, um, just dealing with how minor league players are paid, their housing situations. And we finally had some progress that, you know, Major League Baseball is saying that they're going to do something in order to ensure every minor league player has some form of housing. But just recently, The Athletic posted an article, I think it was yesterday, um, that was you know, voicing a complaint that an a minor league baseball advocacy group um, was was stating and makes you think like, oh, yeah, MLB is doing something. But what's the catch? There's always a catch. Always the loopholes. Yeah, it was it's kind of an interesting article. It doesn't dive into much of it, um, but it's the advocates kind of speaking up and trying to find these loopholes already. So like everybody gets housings, but I know Brenton Doyle, who's a family man. He has a, 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 a wife, girlfriend, and a new new ba new baby. They aren't going to want to share a room with Sam Weatherly. Like as much as <laughs> fun that would be, like nobody wants that. So Uncle Weatherly. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be interesting, right? But like, yeah, we're providing housing, but what are we going to do to accommodate you? We, hey, we're going to make sure 90% of you have housing. And Doyle can go out on his own and get housing. He doesn't have to do it through the minors, but like there's no compensation for him. You go out on your own, Brenton. We're not paying you extra. We're not giving that allotment to you is what this is kind of showing. Um, they just have to provide one room with two for two people. It doesn't say like what that looks like. And hotels are okay under this this policy. So I think it was on here. Um, how I want to say he worded it much better than I did. But it does sound um, they you know want them eating Chipotle three times you know or twice a day. Yeah. <laughs> not being able to cook or any anything like that I'm not saying they're gonna go cook but yeah putting them in a hotel room is a bit right <laughs> like it's it meets the need but it doesn't go above and beyond um but there was this one mr hudson the advocate says history has taught us that major league baseball can and will use these loopholes you have to kind of expect the worst when it comes to how mlb is going to handle this so that's coming from the advocates. The That's where that all's coming from. Every right to be skeptical, right? We're, we're in a lockout. So what are they doing to help these guys? For the most part, our guys have said Rockies have taken care of them pretty well. Um, there hasn't been a lot of big issues from it. The food might not be the greatest, but I mean, it's cafeteria food. But <laughs> it's, I think it varies from team to team. But this blanket program is great. However, how great is it? Um, yeah. And, so. and my whole point for years has been 
these guys are the future of Major League Baseball. So why is Major League Baseball not treating them like such? Like they're not giving them any sort of resources. Um, you know, a lot of guys get paid a couple thousand per season. Like they get, you know, like 10 to 15,000 a season and they've got to go figure out their own housing. Fortunately, they don't have to do that anymore, but still got to figure out food. And then also, hey, baseball's you know, not a, a never ending journey. There's, there's going to come an end. And, you know, these guys are, are putting their, their butts on the line, you know, not always having plan B. And maybe they, maybe you can criticize and say they should have plan B, but you know, these guys want to play baseball and major league baseball has the resources to help them do that. So. Yeah. They're they're And they're capable. They have the money to do it. I mean, unless we talk to Dick Monfort, but that's another issue. We won't get into that now, but like there are some strides happening with the minor leagues. Um, well, maybe I'll dive into more of this and give more of a rundown. Just found a really cool article I want to dive into, so I'm not going to butcher it now. But that's what's happening. So that's what we're going to be watching and see how that plays out. It's not part of the CBA, right? MILB is starting in April. That's still on schedule. Yeah. All those guys, we've talked to Dugan last week. He's on his way. Shelby Lackey, spoiler alert, is on his way down to um, Arizona. Coco Montez, spoiler alert, is on his way down to San Fr- uh, Arizona. So these guys are making the way to spring training. It's happening. Just what as it ha- what happens once they get there, where they determine where they're going, how are they ta- being taken care of? Again, we've only heard decent things, above average things from our guys saying that. So hopefully it's not a Rockies issue. Hopefully it's not our guys having to go through this BS, but it is a full thing, full thing that we have to watch. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what's going on there. Let's get into the fan questions and kind of close up with our season sleepers. And we'll come back to the minor league housing stuff. But a few questions. Thank you to the, the few of you that reached out, Jackie, France, and uh, Matt. Uh, we're going to address all of these, but some of them we're going to wait just a little bit. So, like, France, what are the strengths and weaknesses of each team? We got you, bud. Just not this week. We don't know where anybody's going. We don't know where anybody's headed. We will let you know. We'll tell you the highlights, the low, the, the guys to watch on each one. Um, yeah, we got you. Um, Matt, love the question. We just spoke highly of Spokane, right? Which players do you guys feel will be slotted for high A Spokane this year? Looking forward to seeing their team again this year and possibly some repeat faces. I guess we can give some ideas real quick, and then we can dive into more of this next week. But who will for sure you think be in Spokane? Yeah, so, I mean, next week, the focus for us is going to be we're going to try and kind of break down each affiliate, make some guesses. Um, but, I mean, Spokane, like we said with Veen, you're going to have Zach Veen in Spokane. And that's – I mean, you could have nobody else. Like, you could have a bunch of high school guys. Just pull them off the high school field, put them on the field. You'll still have Zach Veen to watch, and that'll be cool. But, you know, Drew Romo, he'll be on his way. Sam Weatherly most likely will be on his way, you know, Hard throwing lefties are always fun to watch. In terms of repeats, you know, Matt mentioned possibly some repeat faces. I think might be looking at Aaron Shunk, who was a former second round pick of the Rockies. You know, he's had some good pro success, but had some issues this year. I think a lot of that had to do with injury. So there's a good chance he repeats in Spokane. Um, But yeah, next episode, we're really going to, we'll probably try to come up with close to 10 names per affiliate, at least, you know, the significant names. 
Um, but Spokane will definitely be looking good next season. It's sort of going to be like Fresno continuation from last year. And, you know, Fresno is one of the best teams in minor league baseball by win percentage. So Fresno was fun. They were a <laughs> lot of fun to watch. It was very awesome. And again, coming back to this, just I want to watch Spokane. So whoever's listening that can help us there, you know, please throw, throw me a bone. All of us. We, we need it. We need it. Um, so, yeah. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, France. Um, Jackie, though. Jackie Valenzuela. Thank you. Based on the last two years in regards to the draft and development, are the Rockies turning it around from being one of the worst for development or those two years just a fluke? Yeah. And, you know, we kind of alluded to this earlier, talking about, mostly about the international stuff, just saying that hey, I think they're doing a fantastic job here. Um, and actually, just to mention this, didn't didn't talk about it earlier. It was a Baseball America article. And, you know, I kind of hold Baseball America in some special esteem when it comes to analyzing the minor leagues. Unfortunately, you know, their subscription is pretty pricey, so a lot of people don't access it. But they had an article that was searching for the next, like, prodigious international pitching prospect. And of the guys on the list, the 10 guys on the list, Four of them came from the Rockies organization, which is ridiculous. Like you're looking at MLB wide, well, minor league baseball wide coming up with these candidates. They took 10. You would think maybe one team will have two, but the Rockies had four, four. That's, that's four good. guys. And, you know, all of them probably have a bright future. We mentioned a couple of them. I'd have to pull up the article to remember exactly which guys I know. Jordy Vargas was one of them. Van Graffs has him at five. Um, Brian, I believe it's Brian Castillo, who um, is related to Edison Volquez. He's one of those guys. Like, it's just, yeah, we'll, we'll talk, maybe we'll talk about that more in depth next time. But, you know, that's a, a huge bright spot, the international signings. And then, you know, the draft has been pretty stellar lately. I think the last two years of the draft have been much better than, you know, even 2019. Like the 2020 draft, of the guys picked, it's like every single one looks really solid right now, maybe with the exception of Case Williams, who I think everyone's probably familiar with now because he was traded for um, Robert Stevenson and then was returned back to Colorado for Michael Gibbons. Um, but otherwise, that the 2020 draft class looks fantastic so far. Bean, Romo, McMahon, Weatherly, Jack Blomgren, who – he hasn't gotten enough mention. We'll probably talk about him in the future a bit more, but all those guys look really good. And then this 2021 draft class, I think there's going to be a lot of good pitchers to come from it. So I think the Rockies are turning it around a bit. You know, I think that overall, they're not, you know, the greatest team overall, at, like at, at drafting and developing. But I do think that these past two years were like, well, these past few years have been just especially bad. I think we're seeing a little bit of a turnaround. I do too. And there's some big strides being made by some guys that you don't really see um, like Feltner making the jump from Spokane. He started in Spokane last year and he was steadily doing his thing in Hartford and then got the call up deservingly. So, so he's like developed and he wasn't on really anybody's list. Now he's on everybody's list, like to watch out for, he's going to get that fifth spot. Um, one other name that popped up was Nick Bush. Nick Bush had an incredible year last year. Nobody knows about him. Frank Duncan came out of nowhere. Wasn't really development. I think he just kind of figured it out. 
but like there's some of these guys that are growing the changes that Carl Kaufman made at the end of Hartford, his time in Hartford, like they're learning on the fly and developing pretty well. Um, so, I mean, I'm also super optimistic about all this. <laughs> so maybe the wrong person to talk to, but like there is some good things. The drafts, that 2020 drafts, like we will see all of those guys like, yeah. by 2024, 2025 and for sure. Recalling a conversation we had with Stephen Rice, who's the Swiss Army knife of the Fresno Grizzlies. You know, we we talked to him a bit about how they're incorporating analytics into their just their whole baseball operation and he was saying that the Rockies do a pretty good job of sending all this information to their affiliates, which, you know, then the teams with the are going and, and breaking it all down and really establishing game plans, which that should be like, you know, what every team is doing. But the fact that the Rockies are, are doing that, I think there was probably, they were probably one of the last teams to kind of catch on to the analytics revolution. So I think just this recent, development i'm not sure exactly when it was established but i think that that is going to really help a lot of guys um you know figure things out if you know how to attack you know how to defend again like you're a hitter you're defending basically against a pitcher like and you know on defense you figure out how to shade the defense like i think it's going to help all these guys just look better as baseball players um so yeah i think there's a big turnaround coming that's that's like a sort of slightly optimistic but mostly like realistic view Right. And like analytics are cool. Like we're finally using analytics, but it's also a new skill. Like it's not easy to understand analytics and execute it. Like you find weaknesses, but then you also like, if you're a pitcher, like that, whatever, the slider is not breaking enough, or if you need to break it. So that weakness of that hitter is on the outside corner. What are you doing to make sure that happens? And like, you can do that, but you also have to execute it. And that's going to take some time too, I think. So the process is started, like it's the Fred Flintstone car going, like they're starting out the driveway about to hit 60 on the, on the dyno freeway. But <laughs> I think again, patience, like it's finally coming around. I'm just talking to some of these guys the inside baseball that we kind of have, like it's happening now be an athlete, be, be a dude and make it happen with the help of, you know, the team, the organization, and I, I we're seeing it. Mm -hmm. So let's see, yeah. let's see it make strides. If there's someone out there who's writing like a Rockies textbook, like history of the Rockies, I think these next few years and even the years we've seen should be, you know, viewed as like the comeback years. And I don't know if comeback is the best word, but I or the catch up. I would say is the best way to put it. Like these are the catch up years. The Rockies are catching back up to the league. They definitely got behind the technology um, analytics kind of standpoint, but they're catching up. So we're in that phase. For sure. I, ha I have to make the laundry joke. They probably had the high efficiency laundry washer and dryer before everybody else did. <laughs> I think I've got that shirt on right now, actually. <laughs> Department of, of analytics and laundry. There it is. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, yeah. And it's, you know, it's happening. It will happen. And it's, Oh, but it makes you mad to a little bit, at least me, like, why aren't the Rockies just flat out rebuilding? Why are we not adding to this farm right now? And that's again, another issue. And it's been beaten, beaten to death too many times, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. Moving on. Okay. So 
continue the fan questions. We're always here. Again, just Blake Street Banter. Maybe start a hashtag for that. Uh, goes to the farm. Give us some questions, some things to look at. But, France, Matt, we got you next week for sure. Yeah. Let's close it out. Deep. Let's close it out. Um, let's end this. So, who is the guy that we're going to follow in 2022 really, really closely that we're going to give updates based on last year? Like, who's our who's that guy? Um you know, one, two, um, and these are just going to be kind of our guys to follow and watch out. And then we'll also get some of the when fall starts, the hot hitters that week. Yeah. So I'm going to give a hitter and I, if, if, if need be in this episode, I have a pitch or two, but the hitter and just the main guy who comes to mind for me is 10th round pick Zach Kokoska drafted the last year, 10th round, um, really shredded the complex league in his, you know, little stint. But, you know, what I'm looking more at is just the college numbers he posted. And I was like, why is this guy going in the 10th round? Like his OPS last year at Kansas State. So, I mean, he's playing Big 12. That's, you know, one of the top baseball conferences. His OPS was 1,119. I don't even know how to say OPS is over 1,000. Like <laughs> 1,119. And, like, that's ridiculous for college baseball, playing in a, in a big-time baseball conference hit 15 home runs, you know, has a little bit of speed. Like, I don't know why he fell to the Rockies in the 10th round. You know, he's a little bit older. He's already 23, but it's like a good baseball player is a good baseball player. And, you know, there's, there's really nothing to not like about Zach Kokoska's game. I like that. And that's, yeah, that's not a name that many are familiar with. I like that one. I'm going Um, with a pitcher, Nick Bush. Drafted eighth round, 2018. Started in Spokane, got the call up to Hartford. Um, his Spokane numbers were pretty outrageous. Sub one whip, uh, strikeouts for days. Um, he had like 10.32 strikeouts per nine. Um, what with the walk rate at 1.5 per nine. So he has the control, has the ability to get guys out with that stuff. Hartford, it always kind of he'll eat you up if you're not quite ready. Um, but I think he was figuring it out. 35 innings pitched um, whip 1.8. Again, not, not the greatest, but I think his just that Spokane, the ability to see success, um, I think will definitely help him in the future. So he's one of those guys that I'm going to be watching starting coming into 2022. And I think the key with him is like, you know, sometimes starters are going to hit that wall. Like if you're not a, if you're not like some amazing future MLB starter, you might hit a wall in double A AA or triple A and you can always transition to the bullpen. Like if you started as a starter and you transition to the bullpen, like brighter days may be ahead. You know, you could tack on a couple miles per hour on your fastball and your, you know, your breaking stuff and just be more nasty. Yeah. Um, so regardless with Bush, yeah, I think he's a, he's a, he's someone to keep an eye on. I think the odds of him, putting on purple pinstripes is pretty likely at some point. Yeah. And I'm working on an article minimizing damage and both of his numbers in Hartford and Spokane met the criteria. So he's somebody I think that has the ability to kind of minimize the damage walks and home runs are kind of on the lower end. So Nick Bush, that's my guy. Anything else you want to close out with, man? This is kind of fun. I guess, I mean, in future episodes, we'll probably try to outline, you know, one or two of these guys, just 
ones that are not going to be appearing on top 30 lists or whatever, how top 36, top 50, however people, you know, do their lists. Um, but these are guys that have a lot of talent, have the opportunity to, you know, really rise up onto lists. But um, so I think we'll try to give these guys like a shout out to, to the fans um, each week if we can, or not each, each pod. Um, Cause it's fun to look down you know, you dig a little bit and you find some gold um, or you, maybe it's pyrite. Maybe it's gold. We'll find out. <laughs> Duke and Darnell. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> you can find it. Um, yeah. This was fun. Ready for the weekly. We're going to probably go bi-weekly in the off season. So we'll check back and then go weekly once it's all up in it. But if we're feeling it, we'll, we'll, we'll make it happen more often. So Thanks for listening. Share it. Um, we have a lot of big things coming coming up, a lot of banter sessions, have some giveaways in the works. So share it, retweet it, give us all the love, get on the Instagram, follow us, and let's just cool do cool stuff together, y'all. All right. And Go. keep the questions coming. Keep we love the questions. questions. <laughs> love the questions. Go Rockies minor league affiliates on the farm. Woo! <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Find more content at blakestreetbanter.com.